Amen. Thank you, worship team. What an amazing song to declare those truths together. Absolutely powerful. And to hear us singing those things together is always such an incredible, incredible thing. Uh, again, just a huge congratulations to Kenya and the whole family again this morning. What a special thing to be able to share in together as we just celebrate who God is and what he has done for us. Uh, but as we turn to God's word this morning, let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, and we're going to read a portion of this chapter together, and we're going to explore a little bit what uh, God is going to unfold before us today. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 13, and it says this, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down? Or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead? But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. Amen. God's word is true and these things mean everything for us. This morning we're going to be continuing to dig into our series this summer entitled Pray, exploring the, the meaning and, and depth of prayer and taking the opportunity to embrace prayer in a, in a new and deeper way in our own lives, in our life as, as a church family and as, as missionaries in this community. This is huge. It's a huge idea. Something we really need to understand if we want to call ourselves followers of Jesus. Our theme verse for this series is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. And the, the keen eyed among you might notice a slight change from our slide last week, uh, which said 1 Thessalonians 6, 16 to 18. And a couple of you actually called us out. I mean, come on, people. Called us out on this. I sometimes forget that you guys don't have all the secret pastor chapters that I do in my Bible, and so I get mixed up a little bit. So if you've never read 1 Thessalonians 6, let me tell you, there's some great stuff in it. But of course we meant 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. 
Pray continually. Give thanks no matter what. This is what Paul is calling us to do, and prayer is the root of all of it. And it's something we have to understand, to know. Prayer is such a profound thing, and it's hard because it can feel like it's so difficult for us to get what we're doing. It feels sometimes like we're just sitting there talking to ourselves in an empty room. It feels weird. It's a weird thing. And then what do we pray about? Who are we praying to and how? What do we even say? And if God knows what I'm going to say and what I'm going to do, then what am I even praying about? What am I doing? What's the point? Prayer is so simple. It's just talking to God. And it feels so complicated and confusing at the same time. And it can leave us feeling defeated, guilty, even negligent, but still not doing it, not as much as we feel like we should be when we call it out in our own lives. It can feel like it's a constant struggle, knowing somehow that we should be praying more and then not knowing what to do when we do try. It's something I've struggled with myself quite a bit in my life, in my journey with Jesus, never feeling like I'm praying enough. What is enough? Pray continually. Jesus going up on a hillside all night to pray. Forty days in the desert praying. Prophets in the wilderness praying for years. I feel like I don't get it. Like there's something I'm missing. Prayer should be way more important to me than it is. I feel like prayer is one of those things that if I really got it, how different would things look in my life? A number of years ago, I went through a study on prayer with a number of people in my life, and one of the resources we looked at was an interview with this very, very old Eastern Orthodox priest who had spent a lifetime in prayer and studying prayer, and one of the things he said has stuck with me to this day. They asked him how to understand prayer. What would he tell somebody? And he said, pray for eight hours a day, every day, for 50 years, and you will begin to understand what it means to pray. Pray for eight hours a day for 50 years, and you will begin to understand what prayer is. And I remember thinking at the time, oh, whatever. That's just exaggeration and hubris, making it seem like he's special because he's done this impossible thing that he hasn't even really done because nobody actually does that. But more and more... I think he's right. I feel like he's right because more and more I feel like there is so much more to prayer than I can begin to even imagine. And far from making me feel defeated, like I could never do that such a thing seems impossible and so far beyond me to pray like that, it honestly makes me feel excited because that's how deep prayer truly is. 
To pray for eight hours a day for 50 years and feel like you've just scratched the surface, that's what God is inviting you into. That's the gift he's given to us with prayer, the opportunity to connect your heart, your mind, your very soul directly to him. To talk to him. To hear from him. The creator of the universe communing with you. Can we even imagine what that means? Do you want that? I think I do. And that's what prayer is. It's the opportunity to connect with God. And as big and impossible and confusing and mysterious and profound as that is, God has not left us to wander alone. He has shown us what to do, how to pray, because He wants us to pray, to be with Him, to spend time with Him, and He is inviting you to join Him there in that deep and intimate place in prayer with Him. So that's what we're going to look at this summer. Different ways to pray, different things to pray for, what God is calling us to. Prayers of healing, prayers of confession, prayers of intercession, of direction, of thanksgiving, of worship, of just desiring to know God more. It's going to be an amazing journey and it's going to be just barely scratching the surface of what God has for you. Last week, Pastor Scott started us off at the beginning. The Lord's Prayer, the place where Jesus literally said, pray like this. And through the summer, I'd invite you to use that as your starting point. Pray like that and go from there. Pastor Scott challenged us to try to spend at least 10 minutes a day in prayer to take that next step, to go deeper wherever you are in the practice of prayer as a disciple from zero to old Orthodox priest. Take a step forward and let Jesus lead you into a deeper understanding and experience of prayer. And it starts with the prayer of salvation. That's what we're going to look at this morning, like we find in Romans chapter 10. Prayer is is communing with God, our heart and our soul connecting to His, embracing the presence of the Spirit in our lives and allowing Him to restore us and cleanse us of our sin, to cover us in the freedom and forgiveness of Jesus and to enter once again into relationship with our Creator that we were created for. This is Paul's prayer in this chapter, what he wants for us, for the Israelites, the people of God, old and new. Brothers and sisters, he says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. We need to be saved. 
Our sin has separated us from God, but the blood of Jesus has paid the price for us. And if we will ask him, he will forgive us and renew us and make us whole. Restore us and free us and bring us home. Not by our efforts, but by faith and God's grace alone. He says, since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. That's all it takes. That's all he asks. Just believe. Submit. It's so simple. And we want it to be so complicated. We try to make it more complicated. We try to do all kinds of things to earn it, to make ourselves worthy, to prove something to God, to ourselves, to the people around us. At men's ministry last week, we were talking about this, about how so often we hear stories, and maybe you've even said these words, about how we need to get our life cleaned up before we could come to church, before we could connect with God, before we could do anything. Before God would accept them, they need to stop doing this or that, to take care of these problems, to shove those hurts in a closet and push that sin under the bed, get it together, and then God will accept us. And God isn't asking us for any of that because we can't do it. We can't fix it on our own. It's trying to find our righteousness by the law, by our own efforts instead of in Jesus. Just like Paul says here, Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down. We don't have to go get him. Or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. We can't raise him from the dead. We can't bring Jesus to us by our efforts. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Jesus is near you and his words are in your mouth. His truth and presence are in your heart if we just believe. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Unequivocally, without question, guaranteed, promised. Because it is with our heart that we believe and are justified. It's with our mouth that we profess our faith and are saved. The prayer of salvation confessing our sin, professing our faith, believing in Him. It's just that 
simple. And it's only the beginning. It's just the first step, accepting that invitation into new life, eternal life, abundant life, forgiven and free and full of mission and purpose if we'll pray with him and ask him to save us. This morning we celebrated a baptism. As Kenya stood before this congregation and all who would hear and declared exactly these things, that he is a sinner in need of grace, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus died and rose again to life on the third day, conquering sin and defeating death for all of us forever. He believes in his heart. He has confessed with his mouth and is determined to live his new life in step with Jesus. And it all starts with prayer. As followers of Jesus, prayer needs to be our life. It's the beginning of our relationship with him. And it should be like breathing to us. Scripture, fellowship, and prayer should be like food, water, and air to us. We can't live without them and we wouldn't want to. I want to know what that Orthodox priest understood. And I want to stand with Kenya and declare that God is real, that He is good. And that by His Spirit, He is here with us, speaking to us, listening to us, and inviting us to follow Him. This morning we had a baptism, and now we are going to celebrate communion together, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, the cost of our sin, and the invitation to new life that He offers to us. And as we take these elements and remember together, pray again. Declare again with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe again in your heart that God raised him from the dead. As these elements remind us and remember that we are saved. This morning you're going to notice that there are crosses around the sanctuary here and we uh, celebrate communion, maybe in a way that might be unfamiliar to some of you, but we want to invite you, if you are a follower of Jesus, this is not the table of Leduc Fellowship Church or the Alberta Baptist, this is the table of the followers of Jesus. And if you are a follower of his, we would invite you to make your way to one of the crosses, to take the elements, to pray and respond and remember, to partake as you feel led, Come as an individual, come with friends or family and pray together and enjoy that time together. Communion is a communal thing. It is something we want to share in together as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus and what he has done for us. If you're not able to make your way to one of the crosses, I'll be uh, just walking around with some of the elements. You can just flag me down. I'd be happy to bring those to you. As we celebrate what Jesus has done for us, as we've witnessed the testimony of what Jesus has done for Kenya, let's remember together and respond together to what Jesus has done and who he is. Let me pray for us and then we'll take communion together. Father God, 
We bow before you today just in awe of who you are. We cannot begin to imagine your love for us, the depth of your just incredible grace and mercy, your patience, your desire for us to be connected with you. Father, we thank you for your son, that he was willing to come and die and take the punishment that we could never pay to bring us freedom and life that we could never even hope for. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit that renews and transforms us, covering us with Jesus that we can be with you. We thank you for prayer that we can respond and connect, that we can speak with you and that you want to speak with us, that we can enjoy relationship with you for real. And we thank you for the body that we can do that together. That we can share in who Jesus is together, encouraging and challenging one another, caring for each other, and celebrating together the transformation we see in our lives. God, as we celebrate communion this morning, we pray that you anew with the grace and peace that you bring to us to live in light of that freedom and to share that hope with the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can come to the crosses as you feel led.